Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. This week's guest is the founder, owner and operator of AC Official, Tessa Carroll. AC Official is a responsible and ethical accessories brand, creating bags, wallets and much more out of plant-based materials. We talk about how Tessa always knew she wanted to be in fashion, what she saw that made her change not only the way she lives, but what she creates, and how the word collective is meaningful to her brand and its creation. I've been waiting for this product to come out, I feel like, my whole life. And I was so lucky to be the first in Australia to launch with this cactus leather. It's made in Mexico. It's the most luxurious feeling biomaterial. It's it's just incredible. And people pick it up and they sniff it and they touch it and they do all sorts of crazy stuff with their handbags. And they oh, it smells like leather. It looks like leather. And I'm like, yes, but actually it's made out of a cactus plant. It's really quite mind-boggling. Tessa's brand, AC Official, has been in operation for three years. What exactly is AC Official? So AC Official is a responsible and ethical accessories brand. I operate using our innovative textiles sort of made out of different plants. It sounds really wild when I put it like that and sounds quite niche, but if you saw the brand, you would know that it's quite commercial on trend and fashion driven. And the sorts of textiles that I use uh, range from pineapple leaves or pineapple leather through to cactus leather. In repeating what AC Official is, I used the word sustainable to describe the brand. And Tessa had this to say. I sway from using the word sustainable often because I find that sustainability in the fashion industry is a bit of an oxymoron. And I'd rather be producing something as responsibly as I can in that whilst I strive to be sustainable, the most sustainable we can be is the things that we already own and we would be better off not purchasing at all. So that kind of defeats the purpose of being a designer, I guess, in some ways. And so my outlook and my intention as a designer is to be the most responsible version of a designer as possible whilst still producing a product that has commercial viability and makes you feel something when you use it. Here I asked Tessa why she started AC Official. AC Official was founded because I was really hyper aware of my carbon footprint in what I was eating. And so to combat my own carbon footprint, I stopped eating animal products. And that led me down this path of being deciding that if I was going to avoid eating animal products, then I probably should avoid buying animal products. And that left me with the option of buying plastic. As you can imagine, that's the polar opposite of my intention by reducing my intake of meat and buying plastic just didn't sit right with me. So I set out to sort of solve that problem by using or trying to find an alternative that wasn't plastic and wasn't leather. And I I set out like it it really was a sustainable journey for me. Like it, it was never as much as, you know, the animal activists of the world might despise me for saying this. It wasn't about animal cruelty or animal ethics that drove me to go down the plant based track. It really was about 
carbon footprint, recognising the limited resources we have on the planet, recognising the changing climate that we're facing and deciding that this was the one thing I had control of and to be faced with the opportunity to buy plastic really just drove me mad. Like I, I didn't understand if that was how I felt and I'm not a, at the time I was like, I'm not a vegan and this is frustrating to me. How can it be for everyone else? And at that time, so I, this all sort of happened before I launched in 2018. Obviously, it took me quite a while to get to the, the launch stage. So, you know, these sorts of changes were happening internally for me in 2015, 16, 17. And it really was a really niche, small, minor market then. And you really saw, you, you know, you were seeing society making those huge changes and leaps and bounds towards plant-based offerings. But at that stage, that wasn't opportunity there. So I set out to find... I guess an alternative and at the time it was happening on the other side of the world in the UK there was an incubator in textiles called Pinatex and I managed to score the contract for that. I want to say the rest is history but that's really where the, that's where the issues began I guess. <laughs> more issues, great. Yeah, more <laughs> you're like, issues. We, you're like I am set, I've done this and then you're like actually this is the beginning of... <laughs> yes, yeah, that sure. became the beginning of the journey. And well, when I say that this is where the issues began, I mean, you try going to tell a leather maker that you want to make bags out of pineapple leaves and you watch what he says. <laughs> so what were you doing before AC officials? So obviously you were having these internal struggles. conversations and struggles <laughs> with yourself and have since become a vegan, I assume, yeah. yes. And then you've sort of shifted into AC official and, and started this business. You design the products, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. So did you study fashion? Did you have a job in fashion? What were you doing before AC Official? Yeah. So how I got to where I am now, as all designers will be able to attest to, it was a long and windy road with a whole lot of pebbles on it. And I guess I started it my, I mean, I set out from age seven to be a fashion designer. That was always my intention. My mother taught me how to sew and I knew very early on what I wanted to be which I guess can be to my detriment because I only have tunnel vision and I could not imagine my life in any other shape or form. But I was also brought up to be very environmentally minded um, in a household with my parents who, you know, we never had plastic in the household. It was always glass or paper. I went to school and everyone had cling wrap in their sandwiches and I had sandwich paper. I wasn't allowed bags of chips in my lunchbox or primas like everyone else. We had homemade like muesli bars that were wrapped in paper because my parents were really anti-packaging and really pro-environment. And that wasn't something that I was aware was unusual until obviously I got to primary school. So that's, that was my upbringing and it led me down to starting my own business at 18 and then moving across the country from Western Australia to Victoria to do my fashion degree here at the White House Institute of Design. And that would have been in 20, I moved across to to Victoria in 2008 and graduated my degree in 2010. So I was a mature age when I studied because I had my own business prior. And after I graduated, I started working in leather. So I landed a job in the footwear industry here in, in Melbourne. And I worked for a number of really big footwear brands and it wasn't my intention, but getting my first job was quite a challenge. And I happened to have a size six and a half foot. So I'm the perfect employee at that age to um, pop into a sample room of shoes. So that was sort of where my leather journey began. And as I said, it's not, veganism wasn't, wasn't even in, on my radar. It wasn't something I ever intended or, or thought that I would be. And I guess from there, I, I left leather and I moved into apparel. And that 
role in apparel. I was the creative director of, a, of an Australian brand here and managed to move offshore and move to South America where we were producing, which was a really eye-opening experience as a, to paint the picture, five foot two blonde girl living in Inca land in Peru in, in regional South America. So it was incredible for me. It changed me as a person. It made me focus on ethics and it made me really, it was a really raw experience of what a, what factory life looks like and what was happening. You know, I'd come from the main streets of Melbourne to the mountains of Peru. And so it really shook me. On one of my factory journeys out there, I happened to jump on a bus after my factory was closing up and I took it up the mountain. And as I looked down the mountain, there was just plastic strewn over this countryside. And it was obviously enough to really shake me into action because it stopped me from ever using plastic again. So I'd sort of started my life that way and I made this big change at 26 to really, really consider what was what was happening in, in terms of plastic. And it made me question, you know, who am I working for and who am I working with? And why don't we know this stuff? Like this is this is an education fact. This is something that we're not in educating ourselves or each other in and we turn a blind eye. So that's where my journey really took me. And then two years on, I decided to, or maybe a year on, I stopped eating meat for my carbon footprint. And that's when the opportunity to stop buying leather really came about. What was the business that you were doing before you started studying at Mel in Melbourne? It was women's wear. And so I actually, I graduated um, high school and I got into architecture and I went and studied architecture and which was not what I wanted to do. My, I wanted to do fashion, but I came from a family of scholars and academics and the path was sort of chosen or set for me, which was if you want to be a designer, you have to go and get a degree and design houses because that will lead you in the right direction of a successful career and fashion isn't necessarily your career path and all this sort of stuff. So I did study architecture and I enjoyed it, I guess, but the whole time I drew fashion and I sat in my my lectures drawing clothes and so when I after first year of uni I just dropped out and I started my own branch to see if I would eventually like it in industry before I decided to study it and then mm. obviously you did enjoy it I loved it I loved it yeah it was um there was so much learning and hands-on and and I got to really understand how clothing made you feel and and why we feel a certain way when we put on a certain garment does Tessa think that her previous work and experience has influenced her work at AC Official? And if so, in what ways? So much so. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't be half the designer I, or I am if I, if I didn't have the experiences that I've been through. And that can be just, you know, socially from what it's like to be in the Australian fashion industry offices through to the nitty gritty, picky nature of working underneath designers who have the most crisp and clear vision of what they want and helping that come to life. I remember my second or third role in the footwear industry and I'd moved from being a design assistant through to being their graphics design team, which is a really strange step. It was a side, it felt like a sideways step, but it was, it ended up being the best thing I ever did. And I worked underneath this woman who would twitch if I put a pixel out of place. And I really, resented her for it as you can probably imagine you know I would show her my screen and she would like twink her eye like I can't look at that 
And years later, when I was living in Peru and creating my own campaigns and doing all my own imagery, I sent her a LinkedIn message and said, thank you. You made me who I am today as a designer because of your absolute <laughs> vision for what you wanted. And it taught me everything that I now know. So yeah, I, my career path prior to starting AC Official really, really fed what I do now and makes me, I guess, able to wear a million different hats. I feel like I wear a million hats and a million shoes and a million jackets. Like I'm wearing everything right now. Must be um, very cozy and warm. <laughs> it is so cozy and warm. I am not complaining about the winter just yet. Yeah, it's um, it's a real experience. This this year, we I brought on my first intern for AC Official, and I always say we in AC Official, which is really interesting. I think from a linguistics perspective, but I've never felt like it was just me because I've always felt that this this growth this company is going to be much bigger than just me and um the c in ac stands for collective because i do believe that everyone needs to make a change together to be able to right the wrongs of what we've been seeing in industry and the way we consume so i guess it is an interesting i guess internal vision that i have for the company what does the a stand for the a stands for ahimsa Ahimsa. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> it's a Sanskrit word and it means no harm or no suffering. And it's really beautiful in its ethos and its intention. And initially in the brand, it was Ahimsa Collective. And as time wore on, I just, I saw the cut through was lacking in the, in the beauty of that, in that really peaceful, beautiful way that the word is, it doesn't have the same commercial cut through that AC official really really held and interestingly we always called it AC so it's it was quite a simple quick change and and now the business is just off and running so I wanted to get down to the details how did AC official actually go from a need that Tessa had to creating an actual business it's a great story and it doesn't just comprise of me which I should probably point out why it's always been a we for this business to get off the ground it took the meeting of some minds I was at a yoga studio one day and I was really pissed off about plastic in the ocean and it was 2017 and the yoga teacher behind the counter calmed me down and she said you know go and sit and meditate and you can think about that later <laughs> and when I went in the next day she'd watched the same documentary and she was infuriated as well and we both just decided we had to do something so AC was started with a team of like-minded women over multiple cups of coffee and an incredible connection and whilst I'm the only business owner it was it's always been a, a, a community-based business I guess you know it's not just for my problems but it's for the world's problems and just to land the contract to work with Pinatex and as I said before that's where the issues started I mean the issues are never ending in terms of trying to find like-minded factories and companies and people um, and partnerships to help the business grow one thing that's definitely shifted in the last 18 months is the mainstream media's approach to sustainable fashion and I'm so uh, pleased to, with it because I get to, you know, last week we were in Vogue and the week before we were in Rush magazine and it's, you know, I'm finally starting to see this real traction in the way mainstream media is now picking up what used to be niche. So the, the wheels are really turning in that space, which I'm so thankful for. It's a long journey and it's, it's really only just beginning um, in terms of even materials as a grassroots brand to be able to get to the top of the list, to be able to score the materials that are being innovated 
whilst I'm producing product and keeping my eye on the future and knowing things are changing and looking for technology that's going to be able to recycle the products that we're producing and break down the other products. There's all these sorts of, there's so many moving parts, it's never really ending. And I guess that's why the challenge is to always just keep your finger on the pulse. Okay, so we know where the name came from and where Tessa came from. Why does Tessa think AC Official is important? AC Official is important to me as an individual because it answers the problems, it solves the problems that I was having. And I think that my intention with it is to solve, you know, not to, not to bite off more than I can chew, but to solve the world's problems. I think that we're seeing this huge rise in con- conscious consumption and we're seeing this open dialogue about carbon footprint and what we can do personally to change things. But when we go to shop or we go to buy or we, we know who we are as an individual but we can't buy anything that doesn't, doesn't satisfy all our values. So visually it's still very much a commercial looking product we're looking on the brand on the website you know my bags are timeless classics that are in black and white and they're they're strong staple pieces that you will never will never go out of style which is part and parcel with durability and sustainability but yeah that's what that's why it's so important to me because it solves the problems that I was having and still makes me feel like me be able to carry them. Now we know why AC official is important to Tessa I wanted to know what the best part about what she does is. The best part about what I do is hearing someone say, oh my God, this, bu- this problem has been bugging me so much and I can't believe you've, you fixed it. Or, you know, knowing that people who are starting to really consider their purchases really are coming up against not having a solution and being able to give them one. That's my most favorite part about the brand. We've heard the best, so we also need to hear the worst. What are the not so great parts about what Tessa does? The worst is that when you do talk about these things, usually the listener feels as though they're being personally attacked about carbon, which (laughs) is so far from what the conversation is supposed to do. The conversation is usually supposed to inspire and empower someone to decide what goes into their bags and their this, that and the other. But often because of the way we are as humans and the way we've been brought up and, you know, post-industrial, well, not post-industrial revolution, we are post-industrial revolution, but in this space that we are now in, which is, hang on a minute, the industrial revolution got us to where we are and we need to make a change, usually feels like there's a whole lot of guilt associated with how we've purchased in the past. And so the worst part about it is opening the conversation and feeling like you're actually upsetting someone when it's the very least thing that I would ever try to do. There, There is always the jokes that like vegans are the worst. You know that. Oh, you I live know. That. I live it. And you know, it's so interesting because as I said, veganism was not my radar. Like, you know, frankly speaking, I was date night, steak night. Like, give me a, <laughs> give me a dirty steak, let it bleed blue. Like that was me. And overnight, and pardon the pun, cold turkey. Like I went completely, <laughs> completely plant-based. And I, you know, as I said at the start, like animal activists would throw the, throw the book at me because it wasn't, that's not what drove me. It's only something now that I see as part of my diet that I wouldn't want to ever eat another animal. But at the, that's not what the... The background or the backbone behind the brand is the backbone behind the brand is a message of reduction it's yeah you might buy leather but next time you buy go to buy a handbag maybe you can look to see if there's something that's just as good looking but isn't necessarily made from plastic or animal you know it's a it's a 
instead of meat free Mondays, maybe you can do like cactus full Tuesdays. Like there's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not someone who's paint, pasting up billboards about animal activism and veganism. I'm just really pro planet. So like everything, there are pros and cons to what Tessa does. At the moment, AC Official is online based. I asked Tessa whether there were plans to expand to physical stores in the future. Yeah, it would be a dream to be able to offer my product through, you know, major retailers. And that's that's definitely on my on my vision board. That's on my <laughs> radar. <laughs> the moment it's online only and a lot of that is because the price point that I, I offer my products at would be inflated by twice the amount if I was to offer it through a retailer. Yeah. And I feel like my consumer at the moment, so my price point ranges between 100 Australian dollars up to 400 Australian dollars. And so if I was to offer it through a retailer, it would be twice that price. And I used to buy bags at that price and I don't anymore. And I feel like there's a reason for that. So if I can keep it direct to market, direct to consumer, then I will. It wouldn't be an episode of How Do You Do That if I didn't ask this. Does Tessa see herself running AC Official forever? Yeah, I do. I had this joke yesterday with my girlfriend Jasmine and I said, if someone made me choose between a child and this business, I'm sorry that the child would have to sleep downstairs. Yeah, I, <laughs> I <laughs> this is my baby. I, I do joke and to all my future children who listen to this, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Mommy's not kidding. Mommy's not joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is my, this really feels like what I was made for. I, I always wondered if I was born into the wrong era because I'm obsessed with Fleetwood Mac and all, you know, the old world of music and, and none of what the way we produce fashion or have done in the last 20 years really resonated with me and now I'm seeing this huge global shift in in even the way we consider what goes into our textiles so I think is, you are born in the right era yeah now I think I realize why yeah I realize why what would you tell someone who had an idea like yours and wanted to potentially make it a reality the first thing I would say is to ask themselves whether the planet really needs it and I mean that from every angle being that starting a business at the moment feels like a dime a dozen and if the world doesn't need it then do you need to create it that would be the first thing I would say and if the answer is yes then I would say get out of your own way and just get on with it don't don't hold back like if someone's if your gut feel says this is going to work then it will work and you need the perfect amount of naivety and optimism for it to get a business off the ground so hold on to both those things I'd like to thank Tessa Carroll for being on the show and chatting all things AC official. It was really fascinating to hear about how one life experience really shaped her as a person and helped spark her business. If you want more info about Tessa or her awesome plant-based accessories, head to ac-official.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, get in touch. Email howdoyoudothat at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.